Ahead of the Game podcast can explore potentially sensitive and triggering topics throughout each episode, including, but not limited to, mental health, physical health, trauma, addiction, and even death. If at any time you become triggered or impacted, please connect with your local resources or report to your local emergency room. Ahead of the Game is not intended to be a substitute for professional mental advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All of the opinions expressed by Head of the Game guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of the Head of the Game host, Sage Elite Healing, or its team of professionals. Always seek the advice of your licensed medical professional regarding questions or concerns with your mental and physical health. Please know, there is help and you're not alone. Welcome to Ahead of the Game with Sage Elite Healing. I'm Mark Van Steenberg, and today I have the extreme pleasure of having the Sage Elite Athletic Department with me, and Mr. Brandon Bostic, Mr. Zach Moore. Thank you so much for coming on and, and speaking with us. I yeah, appreciate y'all for having me. Um, just wanted to get a quick introduction of myself. My name is Zach Moore. I'm a five-year NFL veteran, now turned certified ISSA personal trainer and nutritionist. So happy to be on the show. Mr. Bostic. My name is Brandon Bostic. I'm a five-year NFL vet too. Uh, Co-owner of Sage Elite. Um, And that's me. Let's do it, Mark. There we go. So I wanted to take this time, um, one, to, to have all the listeners and viewers get to know, you know, the faces and kind of our vibe on how we actually do things here at Sage Elite and, you know, how the flow of our podcasts are going to be going are really going to be similar to our clinical programming, right? So um, at Sage Elite, we really follow mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Um, we really follow that modality and really believe that you got to dip into those areas every single day of your life. Um, and that's how our podcast is going to go. So I, I, you know, I, I want to take some time, you know, every guest that comes on, I really want to give you some time to kind of dip into those realms and kind of tell all the viewers and listeners, um, kind of how you operate your machine. Right. Uh, you know, so I think I'm going to jump right into that. Well, you know what, actually I'm going to pause here for a second. And, you know, I, I just, again, I want to thank both of you for taking time out of your day. And so I just wanted to, to pause there and say, thank you. I'm grateful for both of you. Thank you. And uh, it, this is going to be a fun journey. So um, starting with the mental realm, um, you know, focusing on what the mental realm really, you know, includes um, is really, you know, our, our thought process, um, the speed of the thought process, um, kind of the origination of these thoughts. Are they, you know, trauma-based are, are they fear-based? Are they, where are they coming from? Right. So, you know, I want to throw it up to you guys, um, you know, as two men that have climbed the mountain of life very high where many people want to reach, how, tell me about what the mental realm means to you. And, and I'll toss it up to whoever wants to go first. Uh, I'll start off. I think for me, the mental realm for me just means, you know, how am I feeling? Like you said, how are you thinking? Um, what kind of thoughts am I thinking? How fast are the thoughts coming in? So for me, that's a very big part, part of my life, uh, the mental part, because I know 
my mental is not good, then my probably my body or my life won't be as good. So I try to take care of my mental. Mm, that's part of my main concern every day I wake up. So that's very important to me. Just take care of those things and knowing those things and why those thoughts are coming in. And um, just being aware, I think that's the biggest thing for me, just being aware of those thoughts and not sticking to any thoughts that come in. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's a great point. Just to piggyback off that, I do agree. Um, the mental world for me means being self-aware, um, understanding why I react to certain things, understanding how I, you know, interpret and, you know, how I perceive things and why I perceive things that way. Um, it's kind of like um, a reactional thing. Um, yeah, you know, now, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's built up of, you know, all the, the, the things I've experienced growing up, you know, from Chicago to playing football to, you know, playing the NFL to where I'm at now. So um, that's something that I constantly work on every day. I don't, I can honestly say I don't quite have a full handle on it, and that's okay because it's a journey. You know, I don't expect to fix everything overnight, but as long as I'm improving and I'm understanding myself in that realm every day that I can, then that's progression to me. Well, I mean, you, I mean, you just said something very magical there. I mean, healing is that journey. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I, I mean, I don't know how you fellas feel, but no one's fully healed, right? That, that past tense of the word. Healed, I thought, Mark, it's funny to hear you say that. I thought that was a thing, you know? No, I, 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 I believe in the word. <laughs> it's healing. like you break a bone, you break a bone, right. that shit going to heal, right? Right. Uh, yeah, but it won't be a hundred percent. Right. There's We're definitely going to be some weaknesses in it. And I mean, I think that's a good point too. I mean, if I walked around my entire life with my arm in a sling or wearing crutches, somebody would be like, yo, Mark, what is up with your arm or your, your leg? Did you get that looked at yet? They'd be like, man, what's up? Yeah. But mental health, we don't really look at it like that. And it's really the same thing. Um, but I, I think it's, you know, going back into your guys' playing days, how was the mental realm when you were when you were an active player? You know, at Sage Elite, we work with active and former, so we can kind of hear both sides. But I want to hear from the athletic department. Back in the day when you were playing, how was the mental realm? Uh, I can say for myself, man, it was it was intense. You know, I you know, speaking for myself, I was a small school player, division two, um, drafted from a school no one ever heard of. Um, and I and I felt like I had to walk on pins and needles just because of that. Um, you know, I didn't really have those connections. I didn't really have those relationships. And, um, you know, I, I later found out that that's what that's some of what carries you, you know, throughout the NFL. And if you don't have those things, then um, you really fighting an uphill battle, no matter, you know, how hard you can you know practice and you know show your best self. Um, you know, and, and, and I said this on a previous podcast and it's something that Bill Belichick told me that stuck with me forever. Um, he told us it was before practice and training camp. He said, sometimes you can do everything in your power to do everything right, you know, perfectly to a T and it still may not be enough. So, um, that was a big thing for me. Um, you know, just having that mindset of, you know, just being, you know, cautious of where I am. Mario, I'll say my mental, uh... When I was coming out, going to the NFL, I think I had a pretty good uh, mental. Like, I was strong. Like, I had the mindset. I was driven. I was motivated. I had all those things because I built that up from college. You know, I built my mindset up so I can get to the NFL. But I kind of lost that when I uh, went through that traumatic experience in 2015. So I kind of lost all that hard work. I built up all that belief in myself, all those things things that kind of got me there. Like I said, I lost all that when that event happened. So, um I had to get it back in order to keep playing. So I got it back for a few years and kept playing. So now I'm just trying to get back to that point where um, I can continue, continuously try to live a better life and quiet life so I can still have that same strong mindset but still still have um, a sense of purpose. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, just to jump on top of that, um, you know, especially, you know, we've both been through experiences of getting cut from teams and, you know, just kind of restarting that whole process, that whole process over, you know, and this, that's, that's kind of, you know, that could be damaging to your, what, what, what I want to say, that could be damaging to your self-esteem as well. Cause like I said, you can, you know, put every, put all your hard work into OTAs, training camp, putting everything on film, you know, feeling like you, you know, you've done your best to show your best and then just to get cut kind of, kind of diminishes that self-esteem like damn maybe I didn't do enough or maybe I'm not good enough you know those thoughts especially for me that's what I thought for sure you know, every time I was cut um that the, all those thoughts you know crept up in my mind I can't I think it kind of hindered me from growing as a person as a player it's it's it's, it's uh I don't know the word it's funny to hear you say that those thoughts those are the thoughts that still stick with me those thoughts that I had when I was playing I still mm-hmm. those thoughts come up now you know I, those those things forever will stick with you if, if you're not working on them and you're not working through them. So for me, that's big for me. Those thoughts come in hundred miles per hour. I notice them now. Back then I didn't notice them, but now I'm more aware and I notice those thoughts so I can handle them different. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't um, tear me down as much. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think in the mental realm and going through, uh, I mean, both division two, okay. And, and cutting your teeth and, and, and getting all the way up there. Uh, you know, I think, um, did you have, you know, those moments where we kind of have to, uh, suck it up almost it, it, more than, more than most. I mean, you're walking on pins and needles, Zach, you said, so yourself, mm-hmm. um, you got to make a name for yourself, right? You gotta, you gotta make a play. Um, but you know, those thoughts that you're talking about in the mental realm, how did you handle them back in the day? Even though you probably didn't recognize Brandon, you said you didn't recognize him, right? So I didn't recognize him. You just pushed it on. You just focus on what you got to do. And like you said, focus on the play and focus on what you have to do for the team. So the kind of the mental part kind of goes to the side um, when you're so focused on the performance Mm -hmm. and the the job aspect of it. You kind of got to put your how you feel and everything else to the side. I know that's what I did in order to get through it. I kind of had to. Don't worry about what Brandon's feeling or what, how Brandon's thinking. Let's focus on football and let's keep this going. Right, but now I can right. focus on Brandon and what, and what Brandon needs and what Brandon's thinking and what Brandon wants. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's you know a lot of the part that I went through. You know, repeatedly getting cut. Um, it's kind of like a, you know, yeah, it sucks. You know, you want to you know be a part of this team and hopefully you know you want to stay, but. You know, it always doesn't happen like that, and you might you might get shipped off to a next team. So it's kind of like, all right, what what's next mentality? Um, right. You know, it didn't work out with this team. All right, so what's next? Um, can I get can I get to this place? You know, what is this city like? What is this team like? So it's all about it's all about adaptation. Like you got to be able to adapt. Um, that's a big thing in the NFL. If you if you're not able to adapt, you won't last long. And you know, um, that's that's a big part of mental too. Having you know, being able to adapt to things. Yeah. I mean, I think adaptability is one of the biggest, you know, skill sets that we need, uh-huh. you know, as we're on this healing path, uh, you know, you know, I, talking about that mental realm with you guys getting up that mountain, that's a mountain of constant assessment, you know, getting yeah. cut from teams, somebody constantly assessing you, Hey, you're not doing that right. Hey, you're not doing that. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Um, how does that kick in the door of the mental realm for you now? after all of, after playing football for so long and having that constant assessment, do you find yourself constantly assessing yourself? 
Uh, absolutely. I know I am. Um, just because there's a, you know, a, a never ending need for updated knowledge, updated information. Right. Um, you always got to work on yourself daily. So you, you can never be too content with who you are now. You always got to continue to progress as a person. Um, and, you know, as far as playing the NFL, um, those things, you know, in conjunction with, you know, dealing with the business side of it, um, you know, I've, I've been in situations where, you know, even though you can outperform a player, you know, at any position, you know, they'll probably get a job over you because they have a certain relationship with a coach or, you know, something crazy like that. And this is something that you almost can't get around. That's, that's uh, awesome. I mean, I've that. heard nothing but like horrible stories of nepotism in the NFL of like yeah. people knowing somebody and getting <laughs> into that spot. <laughs> And you wouldn't, I mean, as a fan, you wouldn't really think of that, right? Because, you know, as a fan, we see you guys out there battling each other. It's a hard game. It's like, you know, it's a brotherhood, but it's like, I'll shank you if I need to, too, because I need this spot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, so you, I mean, as a fan, we don't really think of it like, I mean, at least I know I did, and I don't mean to speak for all fans, but. um, It's different. It's cutthroat. Yeah. I mean, and I guess, you know, experiencing that cutthroat working with players, active and former, um, I think when you have a, a large overbearing cloud of distrust or, uh, you know, in, in a lack of trust in, in people, because, you know, let's spend some time on how much people around you try to exploit you and how that's impacted your, your mental process. And I've even, I can see it clinically um, where you've had those, those issues in the NFL, people trying to exploit you, where you actually get out of the NFL, you have a nice, you have a large sense of distrust and it actually holds you back from pushing through treatment and finding the right therapist and actually building that trusting relationship that you need. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the exploitation, I mean, you kind of, I don't want to say you kind of can see it coming, but you can kind of expect it just cause you know, not so many people can hang around, you know, pro athletes or say they know a pro athlete or have access to a pro athlete. So, you know, I think and that's no, that's no fault to, you know, their own, you know, uh, per se, but, you know, they just don't, I think people just don't really recognize and empathize how that makes us feel. Um, apart yeah. from being a player as a human being, um, that, that's, that's, that's just my biggest issue with that. Like mm-hmm. people think, especially fans, you know, um, you can be not having a good day and you want to go to the store and just get something real quick and fan. it could be a flood of fans, you know, want to, you know, take pictures with you and you may not be in a mood. And now you're all of a sudden you're this horrible person. Um, so yeah, it's, it, 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 I've seen a lot of these instances, but, um, I would just, you know, ask the people on the outside looking in to be empathetic on, you know, how we feel as human beings rather than player. B, what about you? Um, I see a lot of that. I noticed a lot of that. I never experienced that personally, maybe mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've definitely experienced a few other experiences, but. So, uh, you know, as we, as we all know, the mental realm where we get, you know, stirred up in our thoughts, um, a lot of that frontal lobe, um, gets nice and bright, um, mm-hmm. flooded with thoughts. Um, it, it obviously leads to the emotional component. Yeah. Um, so, you know, speaking for myself, I know, um, that I, I enter my day similar to, the two of you where my day is fast. It's, 
Um, it's very machine gun ish. You know, that's how the thought process is coming through. It's almost somebody sending me a telegram and each little tick, 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 tick is a thought. Um, and so, you know, one of the greatest things that I've done in for myself is learning how to slow that down. Um, because I know if I don't slow down that mental process, it's probably going to take me a little bit to kind of get out of that. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we know life is like, Hey, get up and go, Hey, you better be there. You better be that. And they don't really care if the thought your brain was going too fast and you had some stuff that kind of carried alongside it emotionally. So tell me, I mean, how, do, how does that, um, where does the mental realm and the emotional realm kind of slam in t- to each other for you guys? I know for me, Mark, like you said, my morning, so the emotional and the mental kind of goes together. So when I wake up, I'm usually, my thoughts are fast. Um, they're not good thoughts and I'm having all these different things coming in. So my thoughts are fast in the morning and my mental is usually, my emotional is usually that usually goes together, you know, those two mm-hmm. things are together. If I'm thinking bad thoughts, then that's probably how I'm going to feel. So yeah. um, now that I've been doing the work and I'm more aware of that, so I notice my thoughts. I don't try to um, get hung up on those thoughts. I try to, you know, just find different ways to work through those thoughts or let them pass by. So mm-hmm. um, I go to my meditating, I go to my breathing or reading, just music or whatever I got to do to get past those thoughts or whatever to calm those thoughts down. So um, that's what I usually try to do. And I know even... Throughout the day, my my days are going to be up and down. My emotional and my feelings are going to be all over. So as long as I can stay on my um, breathing and my meditation and focus on positive things about myself, I know that my day will be at least decent. Well, I mean, I'm going to stay right here for a second, Zach. Brandon, break that down for me. How long does that take? Kind of break down your day. I mean, how long does that take you? I <laughs> That's funny. I was just, I was talking to you earlier about that. I was talking to a bunch of people like, what time do you wake up? I'm like, well, my anxiety wakes up at like 435. <laughs> yeah. But Brandon, the actual Brandon doesn't come out until like maybe 11 or 12, you know, until mm-hmm. I finally feel like myself, my thoughts are slower. Um, I can see clear. I can think clear. So um, in the morning I'm up, but it doesn't mean I'm functionable in myself. So it takes me a while, right. maybe like four or five hours for me to fully feel like myself or I can make good, comfortable decisions. I mean, I know when we, when we try to, for me personally, um, it takes me roughly a, a good time to lay there. Now that's also, um, that's also a double edged sword for me. Yeah. That's for me too. Okay. <laughs> that's a double-edged I can't sword. lay there too long. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a sweet stuck. spot. Yeah you, yeah. you get stuck and, and it, you know, and I, stuck and in I your talked, thoughts, you get stuck in that feeling. Yeah. You get stuck in just like, you want to kind of almost hide from the world. You kind of get into that mode. It's nice and more, it's much more comfortable to kind of hang out right here than actually go do some stuff. Yeah. Um, especially when the dogs jump up into bed with you and it's nice and comfy. Um, but you know, I, it, 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 that's, that can make or break. Right. Um, and I, I want to take some time now and, you know, in, in, inform viewers and listeners on why this is such an important aspect of your life. I mean, your bed is the most important area in your house. Okay. And what I mean by that is, you know, they say when we go to bed, right, we, we travel interdimensions, right? We, we don't, we go, we go places we can't even fathom. We can't even remember sometimes. And, you know, we're only learning, we only know so much, excuse me, about the human brain and, and we're, we're getting more and more knowledgeable in that realm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but 
when we go into that into that bed and we and we lay down we become our most vulnerable our defense mechanisms are all down okay all shields down like we 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 are open right um we also you know as a child this is where a lot of your 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 bones will grow this is where a lot of physical growth happens in the bed, right? The other component is in many cultures uh, around the world believe this is that, you know, the struggle that each and one of us carry um, is directly connected to our ancestor or ancestral lineage. So someone down along the line in our lineage had, we're, we're dealing with some of the same issues. Right. Maybe they were warriors. Right. And, and, you know, they had, they, they survived battle too. Right. And, and, but at the same time, they also had some injuries too that had to, they had to take care of themselves the rest of their life because, you know, in, so there, there's just a lot there. The other thing is if we understand how important animals are, um, we also understand that when an animal sleeps, it's also in its most vulnerable state. Um, and, and, and it really works to that component. Maybe not the old farm dog, right? That's kind of <laughs> up in age. And I know <laughs> my dog Chewbacca likes to lay around and get his naps in, but, um, imagine an elk, imagine a moose, um, hiking over mountains, going for miles. And it finally finds an area where it feels comfortable enough. It's going to walk around in a circle and knead that grass down until it feels comfortable, until it feels that it's completely safe and secure, and then it's going to lay down. And that's how important the bed is. So we have ancestors coming to us. We have our physical body, you know, um, growing. We're traveling interdimensions. And when we come out of that, sometimes when the alarm comes off or Brandon, in your case, anxiety kicks in the door at 430, (laughs) right? That's, you know, that's where, that's how we, we enter the day. And I always try to talk to people about entering your day, helicoptering, right. And and airplaning. I'm telling you, I can tell the days when I, when I helicopter and I can tell the days when I plane. Me too. And what I mean for everybody out there, um, when we're helicoptering, imagine a helicopter, it's going to fly directly over top of its target and it's going to go directly straight down. And when it takes off, it's going to go directly straight up and then it's going to go into its direction. Um, and when we do that physically in and out of the bed, starting our day like that, um, and we actually do that in our emotions and our mood cycles are going helicoptering, that is not the way that we actually want to really function. We want to slow that down and we want to start entering into our day and get to our and get up into our cruising flight speed, right? Mm-hmm. Or cruising altitude, excuse me. And then land the plane down, right? Yeah. Um, and so all of this is so imperative. Um, and I guess, Zach, how do you start your morning? Uh, well, you know, it's kind of interesting that Charles was explaining all that, you know, how, you know, the mornings is, you know, kind of, you know, you don't really know, you know, who you are in the morning. You kind of have to get yourself together. Uh, me, I think I'm like the opposite of that. It's like the nights kind of yeah. give me the most anxiety. Okay. Uh, just because, you know, I'm thinking about the next day, what, what that's going to look like. So that makes me all type, you know, nervous and anxious. Like, will it be the same as today? Will it be better? Will it be worse? Right. Um, you know, sometimes you, you know, you have, I, I, I know I have sometimes, very, very seldomly, but thoughts of, you know, what if I don't, you know, wake up and see the next day? Like, you know, you have about all type of, you know, natural causes of people, yeah. you know, not 
you know, yeah, pair of pants right, yeah. went to sleep. So it's like, man, like I'm just, you know, I'm just praying. I hope I make it to the next day. But for the mornings for me, um, I say I'm getting, I'm doing a better job at this. Of you know, when I'm waking up, I'm getting in my. I have a morning routine, so that's kind of keeping me grounded. Um, and if I don't, if I don't, if something goes wrong in the morning, I'm I'm, I'm like instantly irritated. Like if I if I don't keep on schedule my my morning, that's kind of like just ruins my whole day. Especially you know, working out. That's a big component of my life. And if I'm not able to do that, then I'm pretty much in a bad mood the whole day. Do you? I mean, I, do you have pretty much a daily routine and schedule like put in place for yourself? I would say as far as mornings, just afternoons and evenings kind of can kind of go, you know, yeah. anyway. But I try especially to with kids, morning. you got to kind of you got to have yeah. some open time and flexibility. Um, yeah, so then there's that aspect as well. Um, but as far as mornings, um, I try to at least practice, you know, like the five to ten minutes of stillness meditation, okay. trying to get my mind right, mm-hmm. trying to get my thoughts right, so that I can perform in the, in the you know in the weight room. And, you know, being that I'm a business owner of my own strength and aesthetic and nutrition program, I have to, you know, be that leader to the, my clients that I train. So I always have to have that right mindset uh, so I can, you know, push them to be better people. But I say mornings are very critical for me. That that sets the tone for everything else. Well, I mean, I think you brought up a good point too. the nighttime, right? Where we, mm-hmm. we all, a lot of us focus on how do we enter into the day? A lot of us don't know how to exit the day. Yeah, right. Me. Uh, yeah. I'm a lot of us, on a lot of us do fall asleep watching TV like this. You know what I mean? A lot of us, we don't understand how beautiful a nighttime routine is. It's like where you put your phone up, you turn the TV off, you brush your face, you wash your, brush your teeth, wash your face and like go into bed and like enter into that slumber. Um, I always used to envy people that did that, you know, cause I always, you know, I, I always grew up with the TV on I don't know about you guys. I mean, I, I was, I my dad always had the TV on, man. He had always, even if he was sleeping, there was cowboys and Indians fighting in the next room with him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I used to be like that myself until, um, I believe it was on the Patriots and they had like a sleep, a sleep doctor. I forgot whatever they call okay, them. Cool. They had them come in and kind of explain, explain to us how, you know, you shouldn't do that. Or if you do, you know, decide to leave the TV on while you're going to sleep to like dim the the lighting of the TV. Right. Yeah. Um, so you know, in doing that, I kind of just you know all together just turn the TV off. Like I don't really sleep with the TV on anymore. Yeah, I need to get better with my night routine. I um, usually I fall asleep on the couch, then I wake up probably like one o'clock in the morning. Then I go to the bed and sleep for another three or four hours, and then I'm. I'm rested, but I still, you know, I break up my sleep instead of just mm-hmm. getting that full night's sleep. So lately I've been falling asleep on the couch. Um, yeah. But I don't have a TV in my room, so I can't watch TV falling asleep. So it's kind of a, I got to find that balance, Mark, where mm-hmm. I can just watch TV, do my night routine and get in bed and not, you know, not just yeah. like you said, just crash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, that's that, and that's a, a perfect word to explain what we do as we crash, we get, yeah. we, we overstimulate ourselves throughout the day, keep ourselves bit, busy and then we just crash. Right. Yeah. Um, that's how I usually start my day. I start my day feeling like I just crash instead of just. Yeah. Picking up the pieces. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I, and I think this is a good time. I mean, you know, Zach, um, you know, moving into that physical realm, I know, you know, this is both an area that where you guys are experts in this, Zach, I also know that you, you're doing, you have your own training business. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, tell me what the physical realm does for you. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's you two guys got me in the gym. 
um, <laughs> and, and you know, hanging out with you two guys and standing next to you, I'm like, oh god. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, oh. start, I'm starting to look like I'm a I'm I'm married with kids. <laughs> <laughs> so Zach, tell him what Zach, tell him what you're trying to do. You trying to reinvent the dad bod, right? Mark, no, I'm trying to. Oh turn yeah, that. other figures. Yeah, yeah you trying to turn dad bods into Fargo figures, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> you know the the physical component for me to me, especially now, is everything, and I kind of got started. Uh, so, quick backstory: I never really used to like lifting weights at all especially in high school i was a skinny kid i hated lifting weights didn't really like it until maybe around once in my junior year of college and that's why i kind of started liking it or whatever but i didn't really get into it until like 2017 when i was with the carolina panthers and i was on the practice squad and for people who don't know the practice squad players don't travel with the team well at least on the panthers they did you don't play in games either yeah you don't play in games so <laughs> The weekends they would travel, and I didn't know anyone in Carolina. I didn't have any friends. I was only there for like the season, right? Um, and you know, when they travel, I didn't have anything to do, and I didn't want to be stuck in my apartment. You know, just bored out of my mind. So I would just go to the facility and just you know train and work out. And I would you know look at certain like fitness influences that I kind of latched on to, and I kind of you know just you know just kind of did what they did, and um, that really helped me get a release. Um, you know, because being on the practice squad, you know, feeling like you should be on a 53-man roster, that's, you know, depression and anxiety within itself. You know, you're seeing your teammates out there having fun, doing what right, you want to right. do, being able to do that. Um, but, you know, especially now, the physical realm is, you know, I'd say like 90% of my life. Like, it's something that I look forward to every day of the week. It's something that I, I love to teach people on how to, you know, train properly, um, you know, build their better selves. and um, last year, that's when I really hit a low in depression and anxiety. You know, I ballooned up to like 315 pounds. I was the heaviest I've ever been. I remember the effect that had on me mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know my, you know my, um, my hormone levels. That's something that men need to be aware of. Having high levels of body fat and not strength training is detrimental to your testosterone levels. And I just remember all of that feeling. And I had to consciously make the, you know, the change and the decision to. Mm-hmm want to feel better, want to look better, want to think better. And, you know, you know, through the grace of God and through hard work, I was able to, you know, get all that body fat off, get back to a, you know, a healthy weight level for myself. And now I'm able to be in a position where I could teach other people, especially men, to prioritize their, you know, physical and mental health. I would say man, the physical part is probably big. It's big for me, too. It's not as big as the emotional and mental, but... Um, I do focus on my physical. I like to lift weights. I was born, um, you know, I was raised just lifting weights, raised in the weight room and all that, but I kind of got away from it going through um, a deep depression back in 2020. So I kind of got away from it. Like Zach said, I was starting to lose myself, starting to lose my body. I didn't feel like, <laughs> I didn't feel like an NFL athlete no more. Exactly. All these different things. First part. I, didn't, I didn't feel like myself. Like you played in the NFL. Like, yeah, <laughs> I did. Like you don't look like it. You don't act like it. Don't you don't think like, like it. it. So, um, <laughs> That was a, that was a check for me. I started to feel yeah. like, nah, this 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 is not what life's supposed to feel like. So, really had to dive deep in my physical to, in order to feel good about myself, in order to change how I was feeling about myself. So I started to work out. Started working out with Zach. We started working out back. Probably, I remember going through a breakup. That's when I really started to. Yeah. I really started to focus on my physical because I was just at my lowest. You know, I didn't feel mm-hmm. good about myself. I'm like, I'm single man. <laughs> like, let's we might as well let's get in shape and let's feel good about ourselves. So that's what I did, and I got into yoga and. So just combining the strength and the yoga kind of um, really put me on a good path, and I like the path that I'm on now. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, speaking for myself, I never, I, I never made it to your level. Um, I, you know, high school football, you know, from a small town, um, you know, you're coached by a bunch of dipshits who, you know, mm. never, never played the game. And you know what I mean? They put you on these regiments that, you know, and then you, you Don't have make a bunch sense. Of, yeah. And then you have a bunch of dickhead jocks that think that they're bigger than any, anything. And it's like, there, that's the part of the game that I, I love the game of football. Um, that's the part of the game that I hated. Even when I went to, you know, went to go play in college and stuff. I, 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 that's what I immediately was like, uh, I think I'm good with football. I yeah. think I'm good with football. Even when I became a high school coach, I wasn't that coach that was going to kind of come over and like yell in your face and while you're bench pressing and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to be the guy that was going to really think about three sentences that was going to come over and call me, what's up, man, how you doing? And whisper it in your ear hole and it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so I always had like this different approach, um, with football and, and the, you know, meeting the two of you, um, going on this journey with the two of you, um, it's really helped me open up one, uh, you know, I'll be 41 next month. Um, the the low testosterone is hitting me. Um, I, I've felt that low energy and Can't lose that you, weight as fast. You yeah. Like the, the weight's not, not cut, from your the weight fluctuations are starting to last longer. Right. You're not getting the results. Right. And you know, I don't drink alcohol. So once I quit drinking alcohol years ago, I immediately dropped that weight. But now it's like, well, what do I got to quit now to drop that weight? It's like, oh, wait, it doesn't work like that. But I will tell you the one thing that, um, that benefits me very, very much so. And and I want to thank the two of you for really challenging me in this is, um, of course, as a therapist and I, you know, I focus a lot on that mental emotional component, but I started to combine the mental and emotional with the physical. I, you know, now when I'm working out, I'm not so much working out to get as strong as I can. Um, I'm like working out in a meditative thought process of just processing my day and just making sure that I'm getting it done. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like it's, it's almost like Not one of those performance. It's, it's more of a lifestyle. A almost. Yeah, yeah. Like I just, I just need to go do it. And I don't, so that's one thing that I had to really challenge in myself as somebody that's not an NFL player is like trying to find that sweet spot of mixing that mental and physical um, and using both to the, to that advantage, right? Mark, it's, um, I'm in the same place right now. It's kind of trying to find that sweet spot, not focusing on the, go, not focus on the physical too much and not focus on the mental emotion. I'm trying mm-hmm. to find that, you know, that sweet spot in between where I can get my work done on my body and my mind and get the work done on all the other things. So, well, I think another thing that really hit me is, um, there, I believe there's a, a quote from Confucius that said, you know, if, if we don't, um, as humans on this planet, I'm, I'm horribly, know, par- you going? horribly paraphrasing this, but you know, um, humans on this planet, if we don't, um, push our body to the limit and build our physical prowess, then we're wasting a whole other side of our soul yeah. that we, that we're, that we're, uh, we're detached from. Right. And here I am, uh, you know, I'm a therapist. I help lead people through processing PTSD, depression, anxiety, you know, suicidal ideation, these, these from these deep, dark places. And it slapped me across the face like, oh, man, I only know half of my soul. That's when it freaked me out. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know this other side pretty good with yeah. meditation to do this other stuff. But I felt like almost I had to challenge myself and it put me in a real vulnerable state. I'll be honest with you. Like I had to like 
almost fight myself to it. Yeah. I mean, just being open about that. Um, so I think Zach, you know, as you, you know, doing that training and stuff like that, are you seeing, um, other men going through similar things like that? You know, uh, yeah, definitely. So especially when I do outreach with people, you know, on social media and, you know, I'm mm-hmm. having these deep conversations with other men, they're telling me, you know, I'm super overweight. I feel terrible. I feel, you know, they are, they, they're, and I commend them for doing it, opening up to me about these things. And I can relate to them being in that position before. And that's how I'm able to, you know, build these connections with people. And, you know, for me, the physical is definitely, for me, is definitely tied to my mental because if I'm not working on my body, then, you know, my mind is just, you know, all over the place. And, you know, it's, 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 it's tied to our hormones, you know, testosterone, like I said, it's big for us, man. Um, mm-hmm. If we're not doing things to sustain it and enhance it, then, you know, that, that leads us to have all these like mental health conditions where, you know, we're not concentrating. We have trouble thinking, um, osteoporosis, weakening of the bones, um, you know, hair loss, all these things that are directly tied into it. And that's why I kind of, and, and then, you know, statistically, um, they say after 30, but it's, it's been studies that have shown that, you know, male testosterone dips as early as, you know, 25 due to, you know, I, swear, I was, I was about 27, 28. Yeah. And I, I, even know, a, I, I even know a young kid, he's 21. He's on, um, he's on testosterone replacement therapy. And, you know, he told me that I'm like, yeah, you, you pretty young to be on that. Like right. you, you should have to be full of, you know, testosterone. So, um, you know, but, um, like I said, like, they say it's supposed to it's supposed to start dipping at age thirty around one percent. Um, that's just naturally. Now that's a small number, but you know, compound on, on top of you know lifestyle choices. You know what yeah. they eat. You know if they're drinking, drinking. a lot, they're, yeah, yep. smoking a lot, not um, being active. You know, all of the, yeah, all of these factors that play into it that can bump that one percent. You know, higher than that. So right. that's why I prioritize physical health. You know, to the max. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that was the first thing I did. I remember when I was going through my deep depression or just at my lowest. My First of all, I wasn't working out and my testosterone was low. So mm-hmm. uh, I didn't have the energy. My mood wasn't there and I didn't have the motivation. So combine all the two things together and not having a sense of purpose. So um, once I got my testosterone levels in my mind to a place where I could um, even want to do better, I think that's when I really started to see change in my mind and my body. When I, um, actively seek the change that I was that I needed or what I was looking for. Exactly. I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, going back to your comment and, and the conversation of changing dad bods into father figures, right? <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, the one thing that I that I love is that it actually gives me some time to myself. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, you know what I mean? Like I get to go to the gym and I, I mean, my phone's not ringing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, the other cool thing is like, um, you know, for you know, everyone out there that, that is, you know, with a family that, or excuse me, has a family and you're, you're trying to work through that challenge of finding time to work out is once you get in that routine of working out, it's, it's very interesting. Your family kind of gets into that routine yeah. right along with you. Like they expect you like, mm-hmm. are you working out today? Like, Oh yeah, I am. You know what I mean? Like, so they, accountability they, piece. yeah, they kind of like expect when well, my kids are, you know, you know, 13 and 11 so yeah they're 13 and 11 so they're kind of like oh you know they're like go do your thing and i i mean i i'm at that level though i worked my ass off through those little years (laughs) to get to this point it's that ritualistic for me um right you know my kids know i love to work out my youngest you know how many days a week you work out zach 
Uh, well, it depends. I, I, I got I got a bunch of different training splits. Right now, I'm at five days a week. Um, I've done four days a week. I've done six days a week. I've never done seven because I think that's too a, 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 a um, excessive. I, yeah, yeah. I think that's a little, you know, a little bit too much. So, what um, are you doing the days you're not working out? A bunch of recovery work. So I got like a whole. So how you still get that fix and that you know that that uh, same feeling if you're not working out? That's still work. I'm still working on my body. Recovery is an essential part of working out. Um, you know, because if you don't, if you don't recover right, then you know you won't have that enthusiasm. You won't have that, you know, that energy to perform. You know, when you start training. So on my off days, I call it active recovery. I'm not necessarily lifting weights and you know overexerting myself, but I'm getting stuff done. I'm going on walks. Um, that's very important. That's an everyday thing. Like I said, I'm doing foam rolling, stretching, mobility work. Yeah. So I'm working out, but I'm not overexerting myself. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I'll add something else to your list. We still got to hike camera back next week, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we got your mind right. I got to get my mind right for that yeah, one. You got a whole weekend, so get, get ready. Right. First one of the year, Mark. We starting off strong. Uh-oh. So uh, how do you... Um, Let's. I'm going to stick on this physical component and I want to ask, you know, your opinion on, you know, dieting as men with testosterone that are going lower. Like, you know, what are, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know as a, as trainer and stuff like that, and at Sage Elite, we also, you know, work on building you a diet plan and a meal regimen and all of that. Um, So can we, let's spend some time on the importance of that because I feel myself, that's where I recover. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, working out four days a week, um, I find recovery in what I replenish my body with. Yeah. Um, like, it it all goes together. Nutrition is a yeah. big component of recovery. Um, Mark, I also noticed like just eating, um, like when I wasn't or when I'm not feeling good, I'm eating bad. That's usually how I feel. Yeah. Um, so, or just yeah. in the morning when I'm feeling bad, it's usually because I haven't eaten anything or, you know, your body needs energy. So I'm very aware of what. Um, my body needs when it comes to nutrition. Now I am, but I wasn't before. When I was playing, I just ate whatever. Mm-hmm. Go, go grub out because you're gonna burn it off. So it was all good. Right, now I'm not yeah. playing. I have to be more cautious of what I'm putting in my body. Yeah, I do a lot of it because of what it fasting. might make me feel yeah. and because of how it may make me look. So yeah. What about intermittent fasting? I want your what's your input on that? Uh, I feel like it's great for people who can sustain it. Um, it's not for everyone. Uh, I used to practice it a lot. Now, not so much. I mean, I kind of do. I don't really eat in the mornings, but that's just not, that's that's because I'm not eating in the morning because I don't want to eat. It's just because I'm not hungry. Like your body, people, like people don't know, like your body is a very smart organism. Like it'll tell you when it's hungry. It'll tell you when it's thirsty. Some people say you should, oh, you should, you know, drink a gallon, you should, you should drink a gallon of water a day. Well, that's not, that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Uh, you drink when you're thirsty and your body will tell you, you know, I'm thirsty. <laughs> right. I'm thirsty. I need to, yeah, I need it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you just have to really listen to your body. I don't, I don't tend to overeat. Like I said, if I'm hungry, I'll eat something. If I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not eating anything. So you got, you just got to be real conscious of your well, body. I, Mark, I, my I, diet. I'll let you speak on your diet, Mark. <laughs> well, I know. Well, I, no, I mean, I've been really focusing on my diet, but again, like I think, you know, when I eat, you know, when, when I'm working a lot and we're traveling, we have players coming up and visiting us and we're, and we're going out to dinner and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a large component, but other than that, I'm pretty conscious of it. Um, I guess my question is, and I saw some of your posts on Instagram, Zach, mm-hmm. and this is the, this is the post that I always think about when I'm walking down the cereal aisle. 
<laughs> and then I'll, well, then the, I'll post. Let, the post is where you don't have to like get rid of the things that you love you don't you know in your nutrition well because i, I yeah everybody has a cheat day you know blah, blah, blah. there's the whole cheat day program through i, I, I don't i don't believe in cheat days. Dude, and that's why i love you you are a savior to me <laughs> Yeah, I'm a, I'm a grown man. I, I don't have cheat days. I eat what I want when I feel like it. Um, Mark, I have I cheat days, bro. You have yeah, cheat I mean, days. Sundays are your cheat it. days? Okay. Uh, the weekends is when I relax. You know, okay. not cheat days where I cheat meals. I have maybe Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to eat something that I like. It's usually going to be pizza or wings. But yeah. um, throughout yeah. the week, I try to eat healthy and stay clean. But I'm going to have two cheat meals on the weekend because yeah, I, I work hard and I earned it. And I just keep telling you know, myself this is a cheat day. It's a cheat no, no, day. that's why. That's why I stress to all my clients. You know, I'm a big believer of if it fits your macros, aka flexible dieting. Um, the reason being is that you know not too many people have the you know the mental capacity to constrict. I mean, restrict foods that they like. And what yeah. happen is, um, they'll go through something like crash dieting or yo-yo dieting, where right. you know they they haven't had you know foods that they like for so long. Now you know they see that's it what or they about. Yeah, they just now they just go all in on it. So I teach them, you know, how to download my fitness pal to track their calorie. That's all. It is. It's not one food in this world that makes anyone fat. It's just calories, calories, calories in, calories mm-hmm. out. That's mm-hmm. it. Well, I mean, I think our our entire understanding, um, what we've been told as a society of like how to start yeah. your breakfast. I mean, you look at back at the old pictures of the breakfast. It's like yeah, a coffee, orange, a milk, an orange juice. You know. Yeah, like, you know, so what we've been told, you know, like what what is like the daily nutritional, you know, the even the old go back to the old food pyramids, right? Um, yeah, you know, not even that anymore. It's kind of like right. an inner now. Yeah, right. So there, I mean, it's it's evolving. So yeah, I I wanted to say thank you so much for that post because it makes me smile when I'm walking down the the cereal aisle. <laughs> I stay away from the candy, but the cereal aisle gets me, man. <laughs> all, you do, all you gotta do is read labels and measure your food. <laughs> Well, I am, I am measuring shit when it comes to cereal, dude. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm measuring it. Indulge yourself, Mark. Yeah, yourself. That's, that's my, that's my, you know, vitamin, uh, uh, almond milk and some cereal and I'm good. Hey, um, you're good with that. Yeah. Um, what's your cereal? What's your preference of cereal? Oh man. I don't know. I mean, I think it really depends on my mood. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to sound like a, an old dude right now, but I do really like raisin band, raisin brand crunch. <laughs> That's the worst cereal. <laughs> what are you talking about? I do like that, but now if I wanted no, to get like, I like uh, the Reese's Pieces. Now, oh um, yeah, that's a hit. That's a hit. It, I like Oreos myself. Yeah. Anything Oreo flavor got me in a chokehold. Mm-hmm. I probably ain't had cereal in probably like fifteen years, bro. Oh, dude, I remember one time in college we had a cereal eating contest at at, at, <laughs> at dinner one night because we were so bored and stupid. And I had, <laughs> dude, and I had seventeen bowls of cereal. I wow. was sick well, for like Deon's three here. days after that, dude. I couldn't even go to class, dude. I was so sick. So don't yeah, don't have a cereal, more. dude. Yeah, I mean, I even got down to like, okay, it's no. You, know, you know what? Speaking of cereal, and I've noticed <laughs> this for quite a, no, for real, I know this is quite a while. If I ate cereal right before I go to sleep, I had nightmares. I don't know what really? it is, about <laughs> it, but I always have nightmares. I eat cereal right before bed. So I'm like, that's kind of weird. But I, I just thought about that. So ancestors are saying they don't like cereal. Probably. <laughs> but I will tell you, like right now it's in it's in season is like the Frankenberry and the Count Chocula. Those are the good ones. <laughs> Frankenberry. <laughs> Frankenberry, man. Heck yeah. Um, those are the good ones. Booberry. 
but yeah, um, no, I, I, I've always loved cereal. That's pretty much how I got my way through college. <laughs> cereal, dude. Um, okay. That's so what would you say? No, I said cereal is a good comfort food. I'm not going to lie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so kind of coming back around outside of that, that physical realm, um, start focusing on the spiritual realm. Um, Mm -hmm. I know myself, um, when I tap into that spiritual realm, um, it it involves a a meditative component. It it involves some type of conversation with my chosen creator. Um, and it also involves some type of interaction with nature. Um, that's why, you know, I love living out here in Colorado. That's why, you know, when we started Sage Elite, I really believe in um, bringing this outdoor component to everyone that's seeking healing. I think, you know, as humans, we have this really weird obsession with putting the earth, we're putting concrete on top of the earth. We really like concrete for some reason. Um, and, and when the, that kind of like detaches us, um, from our connection. And I, and I really believe even for myself, for me to spiritually, um, dip into that and it's going to take care of the mental, emotional, and physical. Cause when I'm actually in there meditating, I'm doing a, a, a body map. I'm checking in with different areas of my body, you know, where I'm feeling tightness, where I'm feeling soreness. Um, if mm-hmm. I'm feeling sore, I'm actually, when I exhale, I'm actually exhaling energy into healing that area to try to give extra love to that area. So the spiritual realm becomes kind of like this all encompassing realm for me. Yeah. Um, what about you guys? Well, I know when I wake up, um, that's usually what I go to. I think my creator, thank God for waking me up. Thank three mm-hmm. things I'm grateful for. Right. Um, and then I brush my teeth and do all that. But then I get back to my spiritual. I read my devotional for the day. So I read that and then I read two books just to inspire me, put some good thoughts in my head, get some right. good energy going, start to feel good about myself. So I do that just to get myself going. And I um, also try to meditate too. When I'm sitting in bed, I'm just meditating, getting to my breath, just focusing on that, not focusing on how I'm thinking, how I'm feeling. So that's what I usually do for the spiritual. And I carry that throughout the day. And I got yoga and I got my meditation and I go on walks and podcasts. So I kind of combine that, all those things together. Like you said, Mark, to kind of right. get that spiritual vibe, to bring myself up to a high vibration when I'm not yeah. feeling like myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I can definitely say that I can use a lot of work in the spiritual area. I'm kind of hit or miss with it. Um, some Some mornings I forget to, you know, you know, do a little prayer or meditate or, you know, kind of, you know, speak to my creator um, just because I'm, you know, thinking about all types of other stuff that I need to get done in the morning. But it's something, like I say, I, you know, I try to work on as best as possible, especially if I'm going on morning walks. Um, it's kind of my time to myself to, you know, reflect, especially, you know, in the morning, the sun is shining. So that's a great time to, you know, connect yeah. with the one above. So, um, Mark, I was going to say, um, I noticed like, when I don't do things, it's because I didn't. I know, just for me personally, I'm a very, I try to be organized and planner. If I don't put it in my planner, if I don't put meditate, read, and pray in my planner, then I probably won't do it the next day. That sounds crazy, but if I don't write it down, I don't see it, then I'll just wake up and I'll just go throughout my day and just skip things. So I try well, I mean, to I think that's detail about my day. Because if I don't see it, I probably won't do it. Well, I mean, I, that's why they really, you know, you know, classify it as an intentional practice, right? Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's, it's a, you know, just like you yoga. Think about right? it. Yeah, just like it. yoga. Yeah. When you're in there for that hour, I mean, it's on. Like all systems go, intentional Can't practice. Can't think about nothing else. And yeah, and we don't really, we don't, you know, yoga thought process 
doesn't really translate when we're trying to sit still too. Right. So yeah. it's like trying to find to, to ebb and flow with that and find that, that nice spot. Um, For sure. Yeah, I think. Um, and I wanted to ask, you know, Zach, um, South side of Chicago, Brandon, Florence, South Carolina. Um, tell me, how was the spiritual realm introduced to you? At, um, how, I mean, you know, I come from Youngstown, Ohio. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would always be fearful in this realm. Um, you know, Zach, you're speaking to where, you know, how you just said, you know, I think I need some help in this realm. I definitely needed help in that realm uh, many, many years ago. And I, I think I was always surrounded by fear. Um, and you know, so, you know, I was raised, you know, I think my mom said we were Methodist. My dad said we were Presbyterian and I never went to church and I, they, I'm pretty sure they both couldn't tell you the difference between the two. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, you know, starting out at a young age without a spiritual foundation kind of left me, um, grasping for a lot of things as a, as a man, you know, I, I, I didn't have a lot of that that backing. Um, so tell me, you, you, Brandon, you're in the Bible Belt. I'll speak on that, man. Yeah, I was, was going to say, so just being in the South, just being raised in that, my family, both sides, my mom and my dad's side is both um, involved in church. You know, my aunts um, are preachers, and, you know, my family is very involved in church. So I grew up in that and grew up going to church, grew up my mom dragging us to church every Sunday in order to watch football. You had to go to church. You know, so in order to even play football, you got to go to church and do all these spiritual things to your family. So I was born and raised up in that. So it was easy for me to keep that going. But I will say when I was didn't feel like myself when I was going through my depression, I kind of lost that. You know, I didn't I wasn't in touch with my career. I wasn't tapping into that spirituality part. So when I was at my lowest. That's the only thing I had. I'm like, what else can I do? Like, who else can I call? Like. I felt like no one else can help me. No one understood me but my creator. So I had mm-hmm. to go back to that mindset. So that kind of set me up for where I am now. So it's kind of embedded in me. I've kind of born and raised in it. Now, do you have, do you have like a local connection back in Florence that, 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 you know, that you've grown into that relationship that you can fall um, back on? I do. My parents, my mom and my dad are still involved with my aunt's church. She has a church back at home. So oh, nice. I always go when I'm back at home and I still do my own. I'm not as involved in the church. Maybe I don't go on Sundays, but I still have my own church myself. So right, yeah, I kind of yeah. still get that fixed. And I still talk to my creator. So we still have that relationship. So I think some people kind of get like, you have to go to church. You have to do all these things. Like you can really create your own, you know, relationship with your creator. If you just yeah. you know, put in the work and tap into that part. So Mr. Zach, all the way back up to the Midwest, to the manufacturing oh, of yeah, Chi-Town. I, I, I can say the, the, the spiritual thing, it wasn't existing. Y'all didn't grow up going to church. Nah, I mean, um, here and there, um, I had an auntie. It wasn't like mandatory, like. Nah, it wasn't mandatory. Uh-huh. Um, so I had an auntie who was Jehovah Witness, and whenever I would go see my cousin or hang out with my cousin, she would make us go to the hall. But yeah, you know, being a young kid, I didn't understand that stuff, so um, I didn't really see the point. Um, you know, in going to church per se, yeah. I feel like in worship from anywhere. Yeah. Um, right. so, God didn't make church, you know, man-made church. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I didn't really find or try to even think about the spiritual aspect until I started seeking therapy. And they kind of like, you know, put that in my head because, you know, I grew up in a, a real hostile environment. You know, Southside South Chicago is not much, you know, right, right. 
uh, peace and spirit. love and prayer. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much of that there. Um, right. A lot of people are aggressive. They're angry. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're in the hood. We're in the ghetto. It's like it's real. It's real aggressive. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really have that growing up, so I can say it was. I'm still new to this thing, that's why it's kind of you know. That's why I say I need a lot of work in the area because yeah. you know it's fresh to me. So, well, and I think that sure. you make a good point. I mean, this is you know back to that that word healed, right? Mm-hmm. It, we're really healing, and and we're really we don't. It's not worshipped. We're worshiping, right? So it's like mm-hmm. that. It's like they run parallel to each other, and they're that ever growing, evolving process and practice that we kind of get into. I mean, you know, I I was really in reflecting back. I was really fearful of churches, and I can even remember when I was actually um, in my grandmother's car. We were driving down the road and we were in Ohio and there was a church that was, I thought it was an interesting building. It was a circular church, right? Entire thing was circular. And I remember asking my grandmother, wow, what is that building? And she told me it was a church. And I said, wow, I mean, cause I had never seen a circular building before. Like they're all, you mm. know, they're all four sides. Right. Um, and she said, well, yeah, they built that church in a circle because the devil hides in the corner of every church. <laughs> and what? I dude, and I remember that. And I was like, oh, hell no. I, I don't I, Why would I go to church? Well, yeah. the devil's there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if, you know, it, it so I remember being a, a kid, you know, having those thoughts. Um, so I had always approached the spiritual realm out of fear-based. Um, yeah. It's, it's- I kind of approach it the same, Mark, but I kind of approach it a different fear. Like, I can't play football if I don't go to church. You know, right. like, kind of fear, like it was kind of pushed on me in a different kind of fear. Like, right for, for me, in order to grasp it, I had to, you know, kind of fear a little bit. But I definitely understand what you're saying. Well, it took me a long time, um, personally, to kind of try to figure it out. I think I was always trying to, uh, I was always a naysayer of like, yeah, well it says that, but yeah, but you know, like yeah. there was always this, but like I, you know, well you should read these other books. Like, you know, it was always something like that. And I, I think what really made it change for me in my head and in my heart was when I, I started trying to understand what's consistent in this world. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of inconsistencies. And, and I really, as a therapist, how do I help people go down that path? Um, And it's really trying to look at um, what's consistent in our world. And the one thing, there's two things that I, this is only my, my personal opinion. Nature. Um, well, one is nature, of course. I think he's going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) One's nature and one's change. Like, it's going to consistently change. And so one, I should be able to be adaptable and yeah. I should be able to be okay with that change. And, and we have, I mean, we have to be okay with the change. It's impermanence, right? We can't, we can't appreciate life until we appreciate death and, you know, the change of all of that. Mm-hmm. But I found nature to be the most consistent thing when I'm hiking in the mountains and I grab onto a tree, it feels like the most sturdy thing in my life. And that sounds really weird, but um, I really believe that. I feel that in my soul. And I, and I really started to understand that in this realm, I can connect my creator to this nature component. And when it comes to nature, I have no issue with surrendering. 
I have, I have no fear with surrendering and it was able to, it really helped me out. It really opened me up. And I'll be honest with you. I think that's the one thing that really changed my life. Um, as a man is being able to be open to that spiritual realm and trying to just keep searching, keep looking through it and find what you can, what you can be vulnerable with. And at the same time, surrender to. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful place to be Mark. Man, it is a lot of work too. <laughs> it's scary too, man. Um, but you know, I I wanted to kind of as we as we kind of wrap things up, going through the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of spend some time on how Sage Elite is, you know, just like our podcast, how we're ahead of the game. Um, so, um, spending some time, you know, this is our first podcast as a team, um, understanding where, um, we are really focusing on combining the mental and the physical health. I really believe when, when I see it online and I see people talking about, Hey, it's, it's mental health day or mental health or mental health, hashtag mental health. I don't see it as that. I just see this as health. Like, I, you know, I see the physical health and the mental, this is all one. And I think um, we've kind of been sold that it's in these separate channels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, it, and it's all intertwined. Um, so that's one way that I know for sure Sage Elite's staying ahead of the game. Um, and, and what's your, t- what's your guys' take on those combining the mental and physical? I know we just spent an hour talking about it and insinuating yeah. it and pointing at it directly, but what's your take on it, uh, as you know, team Sage Elite? Um, I, in my opinion, I think, you know, everyone should implement both into their lives, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, kind of just, you know, going to in depth, what I'm trying to say, you know, physical part, you know, me, myself, I like strength training. Um, that's the physical aspect. Well, strength and aesthetic training, that's what I like. Uh, some people may like, you know, running 15 miles. Some people may like boxing. Some people may like um, hit training. Some people may like CrossFit. Whatever type of physical aspect that, you know, you gravitate to, I say you need to have that implemented in your life because, um, you know, physical health is mental health. Mm-hmm. I think, like you said, I think they're both intertwined. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to sustain one without the other. So, you know, whatever you know, component that you like to do, make sure, you know, you, you, you practice it as much and as often as you can so that you, you know, you stay progressive as a person. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, um, I'll say, I say, Julie, I think we stay ahead of the game. No, I think I know, uh, you know, we do things different. You know, we focus on, you know, that person and the mind and the body, all those things are connected, like you said, Mark. So I think I say, Julie, why I gravitate towards it, why I'm so, passionate about it because we do things different than any other facility that I've been through. I've been through like two or three different places. It's just different. Yeah. Um, the feeling, you know, and, and the results you get from it just by how we treat players and how we um, communicate with players and connect with players. So I think it's, it's, it, it's already ahead of game. Not many people are doing it. Not many people are focusing on what we're focused on. Many people focus on, you know, like you said, the different challenges, but I think I know at Sage Elite, we focus on all four things and combine those things together. Um, I think I've been through it. I've experienced it. And I think once you do that and you have your routine and you get to that place, I think um, it definitely elevates your quality of life. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. You know, just to add on to that, I think it's very important that, you know, guys like myself and Brandy are, you know, kind of, uh, you know, being more, you know, uh, upfront and kind of spearheading this thing because, you know, most people, they look at us as like these, 
you know, athletic gods who, you know, don't really have feelings. They, you know, they'll say, you have no like, problems, oh, you're strong. Yeah, yeah say, oh, you made it to the NFL. NFL. <laughs> yeah, you play in the NFL. What could you, like, what are you, what are you, like, what you worried about? What you got going on? What you worried about? I tell people all the time, like, no matter how much success someone can have, like, we're still all human beings. Like, we're not we still immune have to life. feelings and emotions. Yeah, we, we're not immune to what life can throw at us. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I deal, I deal with this a lot with players, man. This is that societal resentment that you guys go through when you're having a bad day and you go to the grocery store and somebody sees you. You know, that's when it, it's all triggered because you know somebody that has spent their life working in a factory, they're kind of resentful that, you know, that they, that's what they had to do. Right. And it's sold to them that way too, because, you know, it's sold to these, these other people that it's a game and that's not a game what you guys did. I mean, it started out as a game. It's a life-threatening game too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it started out as a game. Yeah. So I, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, there's that societal resentment and, you know, being a clinician of elite athletes, I, 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 we talk about it often. On you know I I have I have players that literally don't want to go and buy toiletries because they've been told that they've made too much money playing a game and they feel ashamed of it. <laughs> yeah, I've you know what I mean. Before. Yeah, can speak they to that, Zach. Like, yeah, we they just act like we can't do regular things. Like, I like I like being able to do regular stuff that I was doing before football. You know, mm-hmm. that don't make me as less of a person. Um, I think when you know we look at guys like you know the ultra superstars, say like Tom Brady for one, for one, you know he can't do regular things. Like if he wanted to, um, he can't just go to the store or you know just do regular stuff. You know he probably have to have security with him or you know all these extra parameters. And you know, I think that's anxiety within itself to have to do all of these things just to do simple stuff. Yeah, I mean, you're bringing up another point that I wrote down here that I wanted to circle back to. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, absolutely, that's how Sage Elite is staying ahead of the game. And one way that we stay ahead of the game um, is that we actually focus on brain health um, of former players and active players. So um, we are doing brain scans. We're getting players connected with uh, local neurologists. We're looking to to make sure that this is long-term brain care you know, brain health for these players. Um, and I guess, you know, that's definitely one way that we can actually change the game. And, and I'm going to switch the topic here because we're talking about how we can stay ahead of the game because, you know, as we continue to watch football, you both watch football, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I try to watch football, but for some reason, um, this season, every time, every game that I turn on, somebody gets hurt within like five minutes of me watching it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that's the state of the game. Yeah, I know. And, and, it, and I know it's the state of the game. And um, let me ask, you know, and I know this is uh, old news, but we're going to talk about Tua um, and understanding mm-hmm. brain health, right? And since we scan players, um, you know, as former players, um, tell me, how important is your brain health and where are, how are you taking care of it? And, and what are some of the area or what are some things that, you know, viewers and listeners can you know that are impacted by that i'll say mark um just seeing that tour event that, that was very triggering for me i know when i when i when i was in the nfl i had three concussions so just seeing that mm-hmm. and just watching him go back out there it's kind of triggering for me and it's still um those things i don't really like why like the injuries come up it's kind of triggered for me but i kind of mm-hmm. can detach from it but it's just crazy to see that and i know what it does to your mind and your brain when you have those concussions so uh, it was tough for me to watch. It still is, but I think I do a good job of taking care of my 
mental, my brain health, just doing all those things, combining those four things and yeah. um, doing the brain scans, um, going to get the checkups, you know, trying to get ahead of that, that thing they call CTE. So I'm trying to do all those things. So I don't have to really, I won't say worry, but as not be so worried about it. So I kind of check those boxes when it comes to brain health. Well, I mean, I think that's important. You're being more proactive than reactive. When it comes to brain health, I mean, any player, anyone out there that's been impacted by a brain trauma, we want to be proactive rather than reactive. Um, I also know this um, well. Um, You know, when I was playing sports, I had three concussions as well. Um, I can go ahead and tell you that my, my twenties, um, you know, there was a lot of confusion in my younger twenties. You know, I stopped playing the game 20 years ago, but when I first stopped playing, you know, the adjustment of not being an athlete and having that brain trauma on board, looking back in hindsight, knowing what it is now, um, you know, looking at that, it's so impactful and it's so important to understand how much it, 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 it impacts you. Zach, what about you? How many questions do you have, Zach? You said what now? Uh, how many questions do you have doc- documented? I'll say that. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> Docu- you don't know documented how many is, the, is the word. I know I had at least like two, but yeah, not, and I play in the trenches. So, you know, oftentimes we'll you know, hit O line, we'll kind of just black out for a second, then we'll come Keep to. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Just, and that's what I see. You know, I haven't watched football. Well, it's the first time I got back into Washington since I retired, you know, just because I tried to, you know, detach myself from it. Uh, It was too emotional for me to watch. Um, But Washington now, you know, all I'm looking at is offensive and defensive linemen. I just seeing them keep running to each other and, you know, this guy taking on pulling blocks and all, and you hit a thud and clashes. Like, wow, like, I just, I just cringe, like, hearing, hearing the sound of it. It's like, man, I remember that trauma. Mark, is, is, that gives me, um, I was thinking about like when I was coaching football and I was really deep in it, that's the part that I couldn't, I couldn't teach a kid to do that. I couldn't teach a kid to, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, hit the kid as hard as you can. Like I already know what that did to a kid. So when I was coaching, that was very hard for me to um, kind of teach your kids all those toxic kind of things you have to do to play football. I, I still mean, struggle with that. That's why I stopped coaching football. I mean, as a therapist, I'm trying to help everybody curb their aggression, right? Like we don't want to be aggressive out there. We want to kind of be more relaxed, chill out. And then I'd have to go turn around, leave the office, go to football and be like, no, dude, you need to hit him. You know what I mean? It was, it was like putting me in a perplexing state that I did not like to be in. Um, you know, so because in football you need as a coach, um, you need to teach that aggression or somebody's going to get hurt out there if they don't have that aggression. Right. So, um, I had a big issue and, you know, coming from Youngstown, Ohio, um, it's, it's all football, 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 football. And then I, you know, moved out here to Boulder, Colorado, and I was a defensive coordinator, um, for an eighth grade team when I first moved out here. And I'll never forget the first defensive practice is I was perplexed by it because these kids had been taught how to rugby tackle out here for years. Oh, wow. And oh, where yeah. I came from, it was like, no, you put, your, you put your forehead <laughs> on their chest, shoot your guns, drive your legs. Right. And, 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 and finish them, not, not take the hit roll on as a defense yeah. and roll yeah, with it. Like, roll. Yeah. yeah. As defensive, we give the hits. We don't, take the hit. You know what I mean? So it, it was, it was a learning experience too. So even as a coach, seeing the game change that way too. Um, how do you guys see the games? You see the game changing at all? You know, especially with the whole quarterback thing, you know, being real self-conscious about hitting the quarterback the wrong way. Uh, we've seen in the chiefs games with Chris Jones on um, mm-hmm. the rough in the past, even though it wasn't a rough in the past. So they're trying to 
that you know they're taking away crack back blocks, which is a good thing. Uh, blind side hits, um, but, kickoff you know, returns, special teams. Yeah, you know, you know mm-hmm. they've they've done a they've done a good job progressively of doing that, but. You know, it's still the game of football. You can't, right. you know, avoid hits altogether. You know, some things are going to be just freak accidents. So, um, I think they're 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 getting there, but I don't know if it can be, you know, totally resolved just because it's a. Fast that, you ever see they got the new helmet things on? Like, I did. Oh, yeah, I see that at training camp. They had like the. Oh, that's skullies. what that is. What is yeah, that? that? That was supposed to help concussions, like. Oh well. Lower I hope impact. It yeah, I, I hope, hope it does, does too. <laughs> yeah. I hope it does. I ain't playing no more. I hope it do for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could sit here and talk to you guys the rest of the evening. Um, I, I, I want to, one, I just want to take this time and, and tell you both how grateful I am for the two of you um, going on this journey with me, trusting me um, and going with me on this journey. Uh, I mean, we're just, we're just getting started. So um, I really cool. look forward to, you know, getting, changing the game here where we want to, we're going to change the game. Um, Stay ahead only, of the game. Yeah. Not only for the players and athletes, but I mean, anyone that is interested. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't believe in a 90 day treatment plan. I do believe in it. I'm going to aim for it. But I also know that it's it's going to take me more than ninety days. It's a help. lifestyle. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. Um, so um, I also want to kind of keep um, everybody, uh, you know, give us a follow um, at Sage Elite on Instagram. Um, subscribe to our, our YouTube channel, and then at the same time, um, keep an eye out um, on our website. We're going to be having some um, healing intensives this coming spring and summer. Um, for anyone that's interested. So um, we're going to be teaching some of the stuff that we teach active and former players. We're going to be teaching that to the community. So stay tuned and uh, we'll keep you updated. Fellas, love and respect to you. Can't wait to see you guys again soon. Thanks for having me. Sage Elite. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.